Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Mandy Patinkin and wife Catherine Grody visit Strathmore in North Bethesda, Maryland tomorrow night for a special Valentine's Day show hosted by their son Gideon. They join me to discuss their storybook love and the secret to staying married for 44 years, as well as memories of their most beloved roles like Inigo Montoya in The Princess Bride. Hey, thank you so much for joining us on WTOP in DC. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us, Gideon. Didn't want you to start because I was finishing a piece of orange, but it seemed <laughs> yeah. fine to me to start. Yeah. <laughs> well, we start right. all our interviews oh. while chewing food. Yeah, yeah. Chewing, yeah. Chewing a consummate professional. Healthy fruit. <laughs> and I'll be eating during the interview. But he always criticizes me for talking with food in my mouth because I'm so anxious to say what I have to say. Because I love her and I don't want her to choke to death and yeah. leave me. That's true. That's, that's the secret to a healthy marriage, right? Don't let the other choke to death. <laughs> Yeah, don't talk pretty much food. sums it up. Don't talk of food in your mouth. Jason, yeah. <laughs> well, there may or may not be food on stage uh, at Strathmore. We got to tell everyone you're coming for an evening with Mandy Patinkin and Catherine Grody. It's going to be moderated by your son Gideon, uh, and it's going to be on Valentine's Day on February 14th. So um, I know this is like a tour you probably do, you know, around different cities. But why are you blessing and gra- gracing the stage on Valentine's Day for us? I feel like we get the extra special show. Well, because they asked us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they asked us. We we don't do a lot of these. We uh, when we like a lot of space to go in between because uh, there's nothing prepared by Catherine and Mandy, but Gideon prepares everything, meaning that whatever he wants to do, whatever he wants to ask us, we go in. Uh, we go in completely blind, and we don't have a clue what's going to happen. And uh, so that way, we that's why we don't want to do like a you know do it again tomorrow night or the next day because we you know we don't want to repeat stuff so it's a uh, valentine's day seems uh you know it, it just started the first one was on valentine's day we did i think this is going to be about the sixth yeah. or seventh time we're doing it yeah. and it's the fifth oh fifth sorry <laughs> mandy math uh that's the fifth time and uh and that's all you know they asked us and um and and i i you know the first time we did it without getting somebody else asked us to just talk to us because of the social media stuff and yeah. then after they wanted more i said well i want gideon there and, and it was more fun for us yeah and yeah. then gideon gideon said he would do it and uh and so so people get to hear the voice behind the camera he doesn't like to be seen on these interviews and stuff sorry about that noise on these interviews and stuff but uh but um he will be seen at strathmore he'll be right there on the stage yeah. with us Right. Well, we just heard his voice, the voice of Gideon chiming in, uh, correcting how many years you've been yeah, doing it. So that... Hand. <laughs> yeah. Throw that hand again, I mean, it's, again. It's, it's so beautiful. What's really fun about these nights is that um, these parents of mine are incredibly open and patient and available with each other, with the audience. And we just have a lot of fun. You know, there's enough 
kind of different stuff I throw in the mix that we can experiment and, um, you know, see where the evening takes us. But we really, when we started doing these, we thought, oh, we do one or two, and that's probably all we've got in us. But we were having a great time, so we'll keep doing them until until we don't, we which don't. could be the Strathmore, but we hope not. <laughs> It'll be the last one. You never we'll see how it goes. Oh, really? I guess. Go out with a bang. <laughs> Honestly, I don't understand. I cannot understand why people want to come to this. But <laughs> you, know, you can't figure people out. I really well, don't get it. Because they 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 love all of both of your roles on stage and screen, and also probably because uh, they think that you know it's a Valentine's Day show. They think you might have some tips on how they can stay married as long as you. What you got married in what 1980? So what's that? Okay. I can't do math. 44 years is that right? Holy crap! Or or some tips on um what not to. do. Do. I mean, yeah. you have just as much experience on. <laughs> yeah, that's what true. We're sort of 50 50 of what not to do. Yeah. Come we'll see do. what we do and do the opposite. <laughs> you know? I love it. Well, what are some of those? And you don't have to give it all away, but maybe one one thing. What's one thing uh, not to do and one thing to do? Oh, I always get Catherine coffee every morning, a full foot massage before, uh, before bed at night. Uh, Ooh, I, yeah. I, uh, I wouldn't let a day go by without that. Jason. I think I've gotten one cup of coffee in 44 years from my husband that was not drinkable and maybe one left foot rub. That's so, it. That oh, oh, she's the one who gives me the foot massage. Yeah. Forgive me. I got no, a one of our jokes. Actually, one of my favorite jokes. I don't know if my husband finds it so funny is try me. When do I get to be you once a month? <laughs> and that's on your birthday. Yeah, right. Once yeah. a month on your birthday. No, no, yeah. no, not once a month. Yeah, yeah. She's, that's she's celebrating your birthday every month, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> once a month is too much. Yeah. yeah. That's great. And I know during COVID, you did those social media phenomenon, the interrupted togetherness. Is this the same, uh, like an extension of that? Yeah, this is the home where I taped my parents uh, annoying each other and. <laughs> Looking poorly and trying to not be terrified. IKEA furniture and yeah. dealing with lockdown and yeah. to our great surprise, people found that um, interesting enough to watch and and uh, we've had a lot of fun with that. But basically, it's just been a process of me making a very long family home video that Love we it. have to share with other people. Yeah, Gideon has always, since he was very young, not been very big a fan of this thing called dying and death and ending of things. So I think that he archives our family as a way of just keeping us around. So. Um, well, it initially began with, he would pull out the cell phone, you know, he'd pull out his phone and, and go family archive, family archive long before the pandemic, because yeah. he was, you know, not knowing we weren't pressuring our kids when they were going to have kids. We knew that was the worst thing to say or do. And um, and nobody knew if there would be grandchildren. So I think part of his impetus was like, you know, let's have some record of these two guys, you know, about who they are and how they are together uh, in case uh, the grandchildren come after they've left the planet, you know. And it's, it's also such a strange thing how fast everything changes, Jason. My parents yeah. died in 1972 and my kids were always astonished. There is no video. Know. You know, there's no moving picture. We didn't have a recorder. We have 400 albums and still photos, yeah. but it's just amazing how, but you know, we told stories. Stories were told instead of seeing the video, which may have its own upsides, you know, but it's it's quite amazing how 
your whole idea of your own personal history has changed in terms of the technology, you know. I know, uh, you know, we never, I never met Catherine's parents and uh, they passed away before Catherine and I met, as did my father. And uh, I remember there was a little video, a little old Super <laughs> 8 film clip or a regular eight millimeter film clip of her dad and their dog, Rocky. And yeah, we looked at it and you know, just leaned in because it was yeah. my only chance to see him and, 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 you know, an only chance for kid to see his great, his grandfather. And, and so I think it, something like that just stuck in him and just thought like, you know, grab this stuff. Oh, it's all, it's going to be amazing. A treasure trove to just have all of this don documented and chronicled for future generations. It's going to be great. Yeah, um, and, and anybody can do it, you know? Oh yeah, uh -huh. absolutely. Just pull out your phone, uh -huh. hop on zoom. Like we're doing right now. This is great. I don't know if this is going to make, you know, showing the grandkids. <laughs> But we'll yeah. show it to our listeners. Um, well, hey, remind our listeners. Uh, I obviously, I, I think Mandy, you were from, you were born in Chicago, and Catherine from LA. But how did you two actually originally meet? Was it in, in New York? Was it like it's such a, it's such a cliche, Jason. The one thing I've always said is, all I knew is in my twenties is I'd have a life in the theater. I'd be a mother. Uh, probably with different fathers was my idea. And I'd never go out with an actor. And here I am 44 years later. So what did you say? We met, we met doing a play. Which one was it? Was it? One, it, was, it was a play called Split by Michael Weller at the Ensemble Studio Theater. It was their first one act festival. And we met improvising around a red and white checkered tablecloth, like an Italian restaurant. Yeah. She played the, she played, I was the, the guy who split from my wife. She played the mutual friend of both. And we had one scene in the play together. The director was sitting there and the scene was us uh, and, and, you know, talking and she was there to console me. And, and I, uh, I, and the scene was that I was trying to, you know, seduce her to come home and sleep with me. And then we started improvising all the things that people say to each other when they meet. And the director just realized these two, this was for over 45 minutes and the director just left the room. And it was like, it was like six weeks of courting and that, uh, and then we didn't go out. I wouldn't go out with her. And I don't know what her feeling was until the play was over. Cause I had a bad experience with that once. Right, and smart. so I wouldn't go till the play was over and the play was over Saturday night. We went out on a first date and, uh, and the rest is, uh, is the story of our lives. Oh, I love that story. I love that that long courtship that you had. Um, and uh, um, and so and obviously, so then I guess you get married in 1980. That's the same year, if I'm not mistaken, that that Mandy, that you won the Tony for originating the role of Che and Andrew Lloyd Webber's uh, Avida. And then at the same time, Catherine, I guess you're gearing up to probably act in um, Warren Beatty's Reds because that was 81. Yeah. So what yeah, was it like? That must have been a whirlwind. It was a whirlwind. I don't really, uh, I never mentioned that because um, I was, I was, I mean, Warren had a very big idea that all these actors that knew each other and were friends, actually, that was my idea. I had him hire all the people that were friends to be the Provincetown players, which was Eugene O'Neill's thing. And it was really just to keep him and Diane company during that period of time. Gotcha. So gotcha. that's what that was. Well, you know. while I while I have you, uh, Mandy, I, I want to ask, like, w could you really quick compare working with Android Lloyd Webber on Evita versus Sondheim and Sunday in the Park with George? You originated that, too. Hard to believe. But w while I have the legend here that originated both, what, you know, contrast their those director styles real quick. One guy. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> 
I hate you. you know? <laughs> Look, I, I'll just say this. Uh, Andrew had great success and wrote lots of tunes that you couldn't get out of your head and uh, wrote a piece that I had a wonderful part in to, you know, have a wonderful part of my career. But Stephen was, uh, uh, you know, just a different life force uh, to all of us on the planet. And it remains there for all of us forever. For me, he was the Shakespeare of our time. Stephen's life was very similar to mine, meaning it, the darkness he would battle and use the stage and the world of writing and music and lyrics as his, uh, as his battleground. And his journey in life, as was Shakespeare's often, was to turn that darkness into light. And I'm not a writer, but if I was, I would write every single word Steve wrote. The fact that I knew him, that I lived in Shakespeare's time and got to work with him and, and know him and be part of his world and company uh, is just mind boggling to me. And uh, aside from my wife and my two glorious uh, children and my grandson and my daughter-in-law, uh, I, I think, you know, knowing and working with the likes of James Alpine and Steve Sondheim were Blessings I had never even imagined I would be blessed with. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Yeah, and you mentioned, and you left out the dog. There's a dog trying to come in here. What, oh, yeah. What's the dog's yeah. name? What? Hey, hey, come, come here, Beck. Come, come, come here, Beck. Come on up, 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 up. There you go. Here oh, she is. Yeah. There you Thanks, go. Thanks, Jason. There you go. Hi, this is Liberty. Oh, there you go. Look at There's a little doggy. There's a friend. She doesn't watch. You know, it's interesting. If I'm sure you have this with your dog. When there's a movie and you hear dogs in the background or something, yeah. sometimes rarely they'll like jump at it because of the nature of the sound and they'll like take it for real. Well, they'll but, hear it. But she never watches the screen if there's a movie on. And I can't get her to look. And I have other people that say, no, my dog watches the TV. Yeah, I mean, we have, we have, this is my son's dog. My son had went away to visit some friends. So, so we have, we have. Uh, and I'm not a dog person, Jason. I can tell, yeah, they've taken over this yeah. the screen here. Well, actually my dog probably listened to my wife's favorite movie, The Princess Bride. If I ever meet anybody, Jason, that doesn't like The Princess Bride, it's kind of a litmus test. We're yeah. not gonna probably see the world the same. That's just well, the way it goes. Be Becky's my dog, my, and, and, and 
Catherine said, you know, look, everybody, the, the kids said, I think dad needs a dog. I think that, and it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. And we were, uh, we went over to the rescue place near where we live. And we saw a couple of dogs that they weren't right for us. And, and then the lady who ran the place said, well, this dog, I think is really right for you, but she's working with kids of uh, disadvantaged kids and uh, uh, disabled. Uh, uh, no, it was, uh, um, I don't know, special kids, needs, special needs kids. Thanks. Yeah. And so, and then she calls us on, on the 16th or the 13th of March uh, in, in, during the pandemic when, you know, Cuomo shut the world down uh, in New York. And the, she said, the dogs will be back here at six o'clock. And we go on in at six o'clock and Becky's behind a little like children's gate. And she jumps up, Catherine walks in. Catherine said, I, I'll get a dog if it has a hair instead of fur. A no, hair, no, instead fur, fur. hair instead of fur. Short hair. Small hair. enough to fit Short on your lap hair. and not embarrass you. Then I, and then I'll consider it. And we walk yeah. in and Becky jumps up uh, over the fence, not, not, you know, not to hurt it, but stands up on her hind legs, puts her arms on Catherine's shoulder, nuzzles her nose, her snout right in her neck. And Catherine melted. And I went, we're taking this girl home. You know? Oh, you knew it right then and oh, there. Right. <laughs> I love and it. And I'm I'm brushing off dog hair from the dining table, my favorite activity, Jason. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. Oh, I've heard of a dog's life. Didn't you also write a mom's life? Tell me about that, Kat. Was I it, uh, did write a mom's life. Wow, you did your homework. I'm impressed. <laughs> well, remind our listeners it. about it, because that's been, what, 30-some years now, 91? Well, I wrote it when I had this son, and Idiot. somebody actually asked me, are you working now or just staying home having fun? And I went to Joe Papp, who was my mentor, and I'd worked at the public theater. And I said, Joe, I want to answer that question theatrically. I want to show people the life from the time the kids wake up in the morning till you put them to bed at night. Because I found that very theatrical. Yeah. Grecian possibilities in, in comedy and tragedy. And Joe was that extraordinary kind of supporter who said if you write it i'll produce it and i said i need a place to write i can't write at home and he gave me a selectrix in the public at the you know a desk at the public and, and it you, became a play and you did that for years and yes. now you're working on completing your most recent piece the yes. unexpected third which yeah is... gideon is plugging me which i yeah what is the next plug? one what's coming up it's on it's about, it's about time at this period in her life. And... It's about what I expect. It's called The Unexpected Third. I'll be doing a workshop March 22nd, 3rd and 4th at People's Light Theater in Malvern, Malvern Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. And it is about, we did it at Berkeley Rep, a workshop, and we did it at Rosendale and did it at the Dodgers. And now we're doing this iteration. And it's basically what I thought this period of time would be like and feel like, what it's actually like, what has really surprised me and thrilled me and horrified me. What period of time? Is the period of life. I'm in my 70s. You're 77. I'm, 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 Aren't you supposed to be empowered? Yeah. I'm being to say, empowered. This is yes. what 70 <laughs> okay, looks yes. like. This is we don't what need to chime in with the age, Giddy. <laughs> yeah. I I am I am trying to rebut all the cliches that people assume. You know, yeah. I mean, anytime somebody asks me if they can help me out of a cab, I usually say, excuse me, mm. I just climbed 12 sets of stairs today. Did you? You know, because the assumptions 
of this. It's so actually it's funny. It's it, she's a wonderful writer and has done other pieces, like you started to mention, like you mentioned the mom's life. But th this piece is my favorite thing she's ever written. I'm not just trying to sell it. I don't care whether you ever come to it or not. You know, if sure, you don't sure. want to come or you're not. <laughs> but it really, what I love most about it is young people love it. You know, young people love it because of a million reasons that she so brilliantly articulates and embodies in terms of a life lived and what the future can hold. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's not it's not to be afraid of, it's to be celebrated. And also that it's not over, that you never stop. Stanley Kunitz has a great poem where he says, live in the layers, not in the litter. I am not yet done with my changes. And that is kind of what I find exciting and surprising, you know? Shh, Becky, come here. Live so, in the layers, not the litter. I love that. Yeah, it's a great poem. <laughs> I love it. Well, I you you all have been so so generous, and uh, it's this this right here has been a glimpse at what you might see if you come out <laughs> to to the Strathmore. All this bantering and bickering and hilarity. I I, I love it. I love it. Um, and one of, one of the great one of the great things, Jason, is these guys go into that theater with me, and they are open and ready for anything and. We, we have no idea. They have no idea. And it's we have an lots unrehearsed. of conversations, but yeah. we also have lots of surprises, both for the audience and for them, which is basically just a way of keeping me entertained, which is the yeah. most important part. Gideon sort of leads the evening, doesn't sort of, he leads the evening, and we have no idea where he's going, what he's going to do. We don't ask. Those are the only rules. And what was the one rule you said? Try not to. Try not to have a big fight before the show. That's it. <laughs> Little show on stage. And if, I'm and if you do have a big fight, just make sure you come out on stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love people, it. People will see that too. Yeah, yeah. I no, love it's it. It's a major trust exercise, Jason. That's what it is—a big family trust exercise because we just put ourselves in the hands of our younger son and go yeah. wherever he takes us. But we did one of them saying, you know, somebody asked us to do it. We did it. And we said, look, if it's horrible, we're not going to do it again. And we had a good time. Then some other asked again. And and so it, every time we do it, we go, look, we'll do it again. And if we don't like it, then we won't do it again. So that's could be the grand finale. Is it is yeah. it Gideon asking you questions? Are there movie clips or anything behind you? Is there audience questions or what do we what exactly is Gideon Every time we've done it, it's been different. So the creative challenge for me is that we never repeat the same thing that we've done in past shows, which okay. keeps it fresh for my folks. And it's just a big challenge. So um, I could I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. <laughs> I'm not prepared to die. Uh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> no, Gideon. Um, but yeah, no, final second. Speaking of that, my audience will kill me if I don't. I want to ask, I have to ask one Princess Bride question. Is that all right? Sure. What? I, I obviously, I'm sure everyone comes up quoting, you know, the famous, what, you know, prepare to die to Christopher Guest, Six Finger Man, all that stuff. But what did I see somewhere else that your favorite line actually comes later at the end as you're riding off in the sunset? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I was uh, in Philadelphia getting ready to do a concert with my friend Patty Lapone, working on, uh, you know, going over the lyrics while I was on the exercise machine. I go and, and the, the movie's on the TV screen, but I can't hear it. I go up to my hotel room to have my dinner. Catherine's up there. And the last scene comes on where uh, Robin jumps into Andre's uh, The Giant's Arms. And Man in Black says to me, when I'm 36 years old playing Inigo Montoya, yeah. would you like to be the next Dread Pirate Roberts? And Bill Goldman wrote a line that no one ever quotes, and it's my favorite line from the piece, and one of my, maybe my favorite line that I'm ever aware of that he did write. And the line is, 
you, you know, I have been in the revenge business so long. Now that it's over, you do not know what you don't. I don't. <laughs> Sorry, know. I'll say it again. You know, take two. I have been, <laughs> I'm going to take two. You know, I have been in the revenge business so long. Now that it's over, I don't know what to do with the rest of my life. And and why I'm so deeply moved. And I wasn't, it was 50 some years old when I actually heard what the 30 some year old Mandy said. And Inigo Montoya did not get his father back for being vengeful and killing the six fingered man. We do not get our loved ones back for acts of violence in return for acts of violence. And so I just thought it was just the most profound thing for us to think about. So in hindsight, Inigo Montoya really should have sat down and had dinner with the six figure yeah, man and, and gotten to understand each other more <laughs> and have compassion for each yeah. other's life choices. Wow. Not really. <laughs> that would have been that would have been a good thing. That would have been but, inconceivable but at the time, but now, yeah, in hindsight, yeah. Inconceivable, yeah. But I mean, you know, Bill uh Bill wrote those words and and there's something to not ignore. And in the times we're living in, maybe now pay attention to them more than we ever thought about paying attention to them. That's high praise that Bill Goldman, you said that's the favorite line he ever wrote because that guy wrote Butch and Sundance and all the presidents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and, uh, well. Marathon man, God, just oh, oh, so many good ones. Wow. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. An amazing guy. wow. But it's well, just my opinion. I mean, other people can feel free to disagree with me. No. That's amazing. That's well, I guess you did figure out what to do with the rest of your life. You, you're doing these shows. Valentine's Day at Stratmore, bringing the family on the road. Um, everyone, it's called An Evening with Mandy Patinkin and Catherine Grody, moderated by their son, Gideon, who's uh, left a frame here. Uh, thanks for chiming in with the voice of <laughs> Gideon over <laughs> Um It's going to be Valentine's Day, February 14th at the Strathmore, North Bethesda. Everybody, get your tickets now. Hey, thank you so, so much for doing this. Thank, thank you. you, Jason. Lovely to meet you. Thanks so much. Right back at you. All right, going to jump off the cliffs of insanity. See ya. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.